The following podcast contains audio extracted from videos on the Mythology Explained YouTube channel. Please note that there are two narrators for this podcast, myself, Silas, and Zach. Please enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to Mythology Explained. In today's video, we are going to discuss the 12 Olympian gods, the 12 greatest gods who lived in Olympus, the abode of the gods, which was located in Thessaly atop Mount Olympus the highest mountain in all of Greece. There's also some information that suggests Olympus was suspended in the sky high above the earth in its mountain. The entrance of Olympus was a gate made of clouds that was watched over by the seasons, and beyond were the magnificent palaces of the gods, made by Hephaestus himself, a place of paradise where its divine denizens feasted on nectar and ambrosia, where the winds never blew, rain never poured, and snow never fell. A couple of comments before we get going. First, though he was among the most powerful gods in Greek mythology, Hades wasn't counted among the 12 Olympians because his residence was in the underworld. Second, though the 12 Olympians were the greatest of the gods who lived atop Olympus, they weren't the only gods who called Olympus home. Others included Hebe, the goddess of youth, Iris, the goddess of rainbows, the three graces, the nine muses, and many others. Third, while 11 of the 12 Olympians, Zeus, Poseidon, Hera, Demeter, Athena, Ares, Apollo, Artemis, Aphrodite, and Hermes, are chiseled in stone, Dionysus and Hestia sort of shared that 12th spot, different listings featuring one or the other. I've decided to honor both, meaning our list of Olympians actually comprises 13 gods. Let's get into it. 1. Zeus Also called Ombrios, Rainmaker, Chaeronios, Thunderer, Nephilgarites, Cloud Gatherer, and Agoreos of Mount Olympus, and known as Jupiter to the Romans, Zeus was the supreme deity of Greek mythology. He was the god of the sky and its various atmospheric phenomena, including lightning, thunder, rain, and cloud cover. Beyond the celestial domain where he held absolute mastery, matters of state and governance also fell within his purview. Furthermore, as the highest authority in all of creation, maintaining the rule of law was also of paramount importance to him, with the keeping of oaths, honoring the rules of hospitality, and the protecting of supplicants chief among his concerns. He led the gods to victory against the titans and the giants, and he defeated Typhon, the most powerful monster in all of Greek mythology, in single combat. Though Hera was his wife, he was a notorious philanderer, routinely engaging in extramarital affairs. And from these encounters, whether in the bed of his wife or in the arms of myriad other lovers, came a plethora of children. Hephaestus, Ares, Hermes, Apollo, Artemis, and Dionysus were among the gods he sired and Hercules, Perseus, Helen of Troy, and King Minos were among the mortal children he sired. 2. Poseidon Known as Neptune to the Romans, Poseidon, along with Zeus, Hades, Hera, Hestia, and Demeter, was one of the six children born to first-generation titans Kronos and Rhea. After the titans were defeated, Poseidon, Hades, and Zeus drew lots to fairly divide the realms of the material world between them. To Poseidon went the sea, 
to Hades the underworld and to Zeus the sky. He's the god of the sea and as such has total mastery over its waters, able to calm them or whip them up into destructive frenzy. Consequently, success in all maritime activities, such as sailing, fishing, and waging war at sea, were contingent on Poseidon's goodwill. Beyond the sea, Poseidon was also known as the Earthshaker, for he could make the earth tremble and quake when he struck it with his trident. He was the god of horses, and being the patron god of all equestrian pursuits, breeding and racing among them. Like Zeus, Poseidon was also voracious in his sexual appetite. Technically, he was married to the sea goddess Amphitrite, siring by her a son, Triton. But the roving eye of his lust constantly found new partners, both willing and not. His children included the heroes Theseus and Bellerophon, and included Chrysor and Pegasus, both of whom were born from the stump of Medusa's neck after Perseus decapitated her. 3. Hermes Known as Mercury to the Romans, Hermes was the divine messenger and the herald of the gods, functioning as the intermediary between Olympus and the mortal realm, relaying communication between the gods and humanity. And this was but one of the many hats he wore, for his responsibilities were many and his sphere of influence capacious. He was also the patron god of herdsmen, extending his protection to them and their flocks. And merchants, travelers, heralds, and thieves were similarly watched over and countenanced by him. Another of his responsibilities was as Psychopompus, leader of souls, which entailed him guiding the souls of the dead, ensuring they arrived from earth to the underworld. Herms, which were pillars whose tops were carved with Hermes' bust, were used to demarcate property lines, city limits, and paths and roads. These many uses reflecting his role as the god of boundaries. He was credited as a cultivator of culture, inventing both fire and the lyre, but his ingenuity was accompanied by an impish streak, a penchant for trickery. Hermes frequently gave succor to heroes, helping the likes of Perseus, Odysseus, and others. And dispatched by Zeus, he killed the monstrous giant Argus and freed Io from her captivity. He sired the god Hermaphroditus by Aphrodite, and sometimes he is said to be the father of the god Pan. 4. Hera The wife of Zeus and known as Juno to the Romans, Hera was the queen of the gods. She had a multifarious sphere of influence, but in particular she was concerned with the protection of women, especially in their roles as wives and mothers, everything that pertained to these. Nuptial ceremony, marriage, childbearing, child rearing, and coming of age ceremony. More generally, Hera also watched over dwellings and their denizens, including cities, towns, settlements, homes, and the people and communities who inhabited them. Zeus seduced Hera by taking the form of a cuckoo, and later, on the day of their wedding, Gaia gifted Hera a tree that bore golden apples which was planted near the edge of the earth and was tended by the Hesperides. She vied against Aphrodite and Athena in a beauty contest that was adjudicated by Paris, a prince of Troy. But when Aphrodite was chosen, both she and Athena felt spurned and so supported the Greeks in their war against the Trojans. Frequently, Hera features in Greek mythology as someone who visits woe and misfortune upon the women Zeus took to bed 
and upon the children produced by these encounters. Manifestations of her wrath include prolonging Leto's labor, making it last days, tricking Semele so that she burst into flames and died, and transforming Io into a cow, not to mention the lifetime of trouble and tragedy she unleashed upon Hercules. 5. Hephaestus Known as Vulcan to the Romans, Hephaestus was the god of the forge. In this capacity, the patron of all artisans and workers, to whom fire was integral to plying their trade, potters, sculptors, and especially blacksmiths. He was also the god of volcanic fire. When compared to other Greek gods, Hephaestus was an aberration for two reasons. He toiled, and his appearance wasn't a paragon of physical perfection. Unlike his peers, he routinely engaged in manual labor for hours on end, exerting himself with hammer and tongs, and soiling himself with sweat and soot. Such work was incongruent with nobility or royalty, even more so with God. Furthermore, while the rest of the gods represented the ideal of human beauty, Hephaestus was crippled, one of his legs lame, which is why he was described as the god of dragging footsteps. There are two stories about him being thrown off of Olympus, him falling all the way down to the mortal world on both occasions. One in which Hera cast him from the summit for his unsightliness, and one in which Zeus cast him from the summit for siding with Hera against him during an argument. Similarly, there are also two versions of his parentage, one in which Hera independently produced him in retaliation for Zeus, birthing Athena out the side of his head, and a second in which he is the son of Hera and Zeus. Perhaps even more confusing than his birth was his marriage to Aphrodite, for a more mismatched union could scarcely have been conceived. Though he showered the goddess of love with gifts, she had a long-standing affair with Ares. In addition to his vain attempts at winning the affection of his wife, Hephaestus created the palaces of Olympus, Pandora, the first woman, and the armor of Achilles, to name but a few of the countless marvels he wrought. 6. Dionysus Known as Bacchus to the Romans, Dionysus is best known for being the god of wine, though his sphere of influence encompassed much more than this one aspect. More fundamentally, he was the god of liquid life, of the fluids and plants essential for sustaining life, this giving rise to names like Dendrites, tree god, Carpios, bringer of fruit, and Antheos, bloom producing. Dionysus was incredibly popular in part because of his egalitarian attitude. Old or young, man or woman, rich or poor, all were equal in his eyes, which is why his most dedicated and numerous adherents came from marginalized groups, especially women, who welcomed respite from the drudgery of daily life in the form of wine-fueled ecstatic dancing. He was the son of Zeus and of Semele, a Theban princess in whose mind Hera planted a seed of doubt, causing her to question whether Zeus truly was who he claimed to be. This in turn impelled her to have Zeus reveal himself in his godly form before her, his true form unveiled, and having the brilliance and potency of myriad lightning bolts, Semele was instantly incinerated. The fetus gestating inside of her survived. Zeus plucked it from the ashes, sewed it into his own leg, and some months later, Dionysus was born from the flesh of his own father. 
There are two stories in which people fail to recognize or acknowledge Dionysus' divinity. One entails a group of pirates who try to ransom him. This ends with them being transformed into dolphins. And a second occasion where his cousin wouldn't accept that Dionysus was a god. This ends with the cousin being torn to pieces by his mother and sisters. 7. Demeter Known as Ceres to the Romans, Demeter was the goddess of agriculture, generally speaking, but more specifically of grain and of the harvest. She was the incarnation of the power that maintained Earth's fertility, allowing plants to grow, which in turn allowed their yield to be used by humanity. The main myth in which she features is the abduction of Persephone, of whom Zeus was the father. Hades abducted Persephone, but he did this so quickly that almost no one saw what he did, only Persephone's screams alerting people that something was amiss. Despondent and dejected, Demeter wandered the earth for nine days in search of her daughter, until Helios, who had observed the abduction, revealed to Demeter what had transpired. Despite learning what happened, Persephone was not returned to Demeter, so she spent the next year living amongst humanity, either disguised as an old woman or in her divine form. She didn't let anything grow for this whole year, so people starved and the gods stopped receiving sacrifices. At this point, humanity on the brink of extinction, the flow of worship dedicated to the gods having entirely dried up, Zeus finally intervened, forced to do so. He ordered Hades to return Persephone to her mother, but not before Hades tricked her into eating pomegranate seeds in the underworld, irrevocably tying her to the domain of the dead. Thus, where Persephone resided came to dictate the agricultural cycle. Demeter became sad in the fall and winter without her daughter, so all the plants would die, and reunited with her daughter in the spring and summer, she became elated and plants would grow. 8. Athena Known as Minerva to the Romans, Athena was the goddess of crafts, wisdom, and war. As a patron goddess of crafts, she was most concerned and connected with those traditionally characterized as feminine, such as spinning and weaving, but she also partially oversaw crafts traditionally characterized as masculine, such as carpentry and blacksmithing, giving her some commonality with Hephaestus. As a goddess of war, she was antithetical to her brother. Ares province was wanton aggression, slaughter, and bloodshed, fighting and killing for the sake of fighting and killing. Conversely, Athena embodied the strategic and defensive aspects of warfare, engaging in war out of necessity. Athena was the daughter of Zeus and of Metis, a sea goddess and one of the Oceanids. Because of a prophecy that told of his usurpation, Zeus swallowed Metis while she was pregnant. Rather than prevent the pregnancy, Athena was later born out of the side of Zeus's head when Hephaestus split his skull with an axe. Athena features in Greek mythology more than almost any other god, one of the reasons being that she gave succor to many of the best-known heroes in Greek mythology, Perseus, Hercules, and Odysseus among them. For the most part, Athena was less capricious and less disposed to vengeance than her fellow gods, but still, she could be truly terrible on certain occasions. In one version of Medusa's myth, Medusa, once a beautiful woman, was taken against her will on the cold floor of Athena's temple. Outraged, Athena, in an indefensible move, 
punished Medusa by transforming her into a gorgon, a hideous monster with writhing snakes for hair. There's also the story where Athena transformed Arachne into a spider after losing to her in a weaving contest. 9. Artemis Known as Diana to the Romans, Artemis was the goddess of the wild. She spent most of her time in the rugged wilderness over which she presided, rather than ensconced in the halls of her palace atop the lofty peak of Olympus. Her favorite haunts were mountains and valleys, and she kept company with nymphs. She was the protector of animals and, paradoxically, also of hunters, but only those who hunted out of necessity, needing the meat for subsistence. Those who hunted for sport did so at their own peril and often brought down the goddess's wrath upon them. As well, though she was a virgin goddess, childbirth, both animal and human, was encapsulated by her sphere of influence. Generally, she protected mothers in labor, but using her golden arrows, she could also bring sudden death to mothers at their most vulnerable time. The twin sister of Apollo, she was the daughter of Zeus and of Leto, a second-generation titan goddess. Many of the myths she features in involve her punishing people. The hunter Aechtheon had his own dog set on him by Artemis after he accidentally caught sight of her naked in the forest. In one version, it was Artemis who transformed Callisto into a bear after she became pregnant by Zeus. Orion was killed by her for having the gall to challenge her at ring toss. And she forced Agamemnon to sacrifice his own daughter as punishment for killing her sacred deer. Known as Mars to the Romans, Ares was the god of war. But unlike his sister Athena, his province was the brutality and carnage of war. The violence, especially of a sort characterized by wantonness and impulsivity, the bloodlust, and the panic that permeated people about to meet their end. Always in his train were two gods, Phobos, fear, and Deimos, dread, both of them as children. Ares' best-known romance was with Aphrodite, the wife of Hephaestus. The smith god reaped some measure of revenge when he caught the two of them in bed and cast a net over them. The net was cunningly made, its weave so fine and so strong that it couldn't be broken or escaped from. Finally, after all of Olympus had been called over to witness the spectacle, he released the humiliated pair. Beyond the two aforementioned children, Antares, requited love, and Harmonia, harmony, were also born to Ares and Aphrodite. Greek mythology often didn't paint Ares in the best light. Zeus, his own father, despised him. Athena trounced him when they dueled during the Trojan War. And as a boy, he was captured by two giants, imprisoned in a bronze jar without food or drink for 13 months, and left to languish in pitiable isolation for so long that Homer said the ordeal nearly killed him. 11. Apollo Apollo, whom the Romans knew by the same name, was another god who wore many hats, presiding over an eclectic array of human pursuits, archery, music, healing, prophecy, and poetry. He also became the third iteration of Greek mythology's sun god, the mantle passing from Hyperion to Helios to Apollo. His twin sister was Artemis, but unlike her, he was no virgin, and those who spurned his advances often met with tragic ends. The nymph Daphne, 
took the form of a laurel tree to escape him, and Cassandra, a princess of Troy who promised herself to Apollo in return for him endowing her with the gift of prophecy, was cursed after she reneged on her side of the bargain so that, while she could foretell the future, no one ever believed what she said, condemning her with the torturous combination of knowledge and impotence. His two best-known children were Asclepius and Orpheus. Asclepius, who achieved the power to reverse death, was killed by Zeus to prevent the line between mortality and divinity blurring. In retaliation, Apollo killed the three Cyclopes who made Zeus's thunderbolts, and as punishment for this, Zeus made Apollo a slave to a mortal man. Orpheus was the greatest mortal musician, fitting given that his father was the greatest musician of all the gods. Apollo transformed King Midas's ears into those of a donkey after he said he preferred Pan's rustic pipe music, and on another occasion, a satyr named Marcius was flayed alive for having the hubris to challenge Apollo to a music contest. 12. Aphrodite Known as Venus to the Romans, Aphrodite was the goddess of love, beauty, and sexuality. She also generally represented fertility, that of humans, plants, and animals alike. There were two main versions of Aphrodite's birth. The first resulted from Cronus castrating Uranus, his own father. Cronus discarded his father's severed sex, tossing it into the sea, causing the waters to churn and froth. Blood and foam mixed, coalescing into a procreative substance that spawned Aphrodite. Later, Aphrodite emerged as a woman grown from the waves of the sea, and roses burst from the sand as she came on land and walked along the shore. The other version, which came about later, was that she was the daughter of Zeus and of the titan goddess Dione. Aphrodite was directly responsible for numerous intimate encounters for both gods and mortals, engaging in several hot-blooded affairs herself. We've already discussed her relationship with Ares, but there are many other sensual relationships and lustful meetings of note. To the god Hermes she bore the god Hermaphroditus, and in one account she bore Pan, a half-man, half-goat god. As well, there is no shortage of examples in her using her powers on others. She used her powers on Medea so that the sorceress became enamored with Jason, and with the use of her magic, Medea helped the hero obtain the Golden Fleece, seeing his quest through to fruition. On another occasion, Aphrodite used her powers on Mira, striking her with an irresistible lust for her own father, this showcasing how Aphrodite's power could be used to create mayhem and misery. 13. Hestia Known as Vesta to the Romans, Hestia was the firstborn child of Cronus and Rhea. She was the goddess of the hearth, and though she was pursued by both Poseidon and Apollo, she rejected both of them and decided to remain a virgin goddess. As both Poseidon and Apollo were among the most powerful gods in Greek mythology, choosing either over the other would have had destabilizing, strife-sowing ramifications. Because her decision to turn down both suitors was conducive to maintaining peace, Zeus was grateful to her. As a reward, she was given a position of unparalleled primacy. The hearth was made central to each home, 
and through it she received the choicest portions of sacrifices made to the god. And this honor went even further, for she was also a recipient of the sacrifices dedicated at the various temples of all the other gods worshipped throughout Greece. Viewed one way, she was the most important part of the home. Her fires gave warmth, emitted light, provided protection, and perhaps most importantly, were the principal place of human connection, where stories were told, food was shared, and friends and family spent time with each other. Viewed another way, she was the locus of sacrifice, making her the embodiment of the main force that connected gods and humans. For honoring the gods, particularly by burning sacrifices, was the main channel of communication available to humanity to invoke and supplicate the capricious immortals that ruled creation. And that's it for this video. If you enjoy the content, please like and subscribe. Thanks for watching.